This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Audible Joe's bassist and vocalist, Brian Collins. Should have dropped up your right havoc. Grey matter is frail and bad jacks. Stow in a cork in the rough Atlantic. Head thumps like a thunder cracking. Fed up with the skull I'm drafted. Need to get out. Should have bunk a taxi. Can't scoot off with the flux your pastor. Self low than puppet master. Tugging our strings to his own disaster. Marionettes are left tangled. Maybe better off as a lonely dancer in a slump. Even though I can't understand it. Anxious panic like lungs are collapsing. I just want to quit and chalk my angers to the wind. Till the cyclone passes. The mind is a region designed to sow seeds. So you'd want to stay mindful of the harvest you're reaping Tarnishing achievements, the arsenal's depleted Courage up and leaves you like the girl from Ipanema From the incubator to the fibrillator Every filthy crater's on the brink of failure But you can tip the scale till it's in your favour Are you fit to play? Is it in your nature? Will you wilt away and let the illness take you? There is no false destiny Looking down on me, bout to put that crown on me April Fool's there for you, deja vu Rappers acting tough, you fall like autumn leaves Should've turned the new page It's easy living for them briefcase politicians We easy pickings, it's the politics of the spot That you live in, not the doll Give a fuck about the tea shot That the shadiness on the sunny side of the street It's the money I believe in Too preoccupied for happiness Gotta pull my weight It's a good thing I'm skinny though Got a full plate Cause this rapture's not attractive or practical to my family A fantasy is what they see in fairy tales and fallacies When all is said and done, they all talked and got nothing done When all is said and done Should've turned the new page When all is said and done When all is said and done
Speculative Fiction featuring Joan and DK with Rattlesnake and Happy Alone with debut single Colours. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other podcast platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so, joining us in studio and on playlisting duties... Audible Joe's bassist and vocalist Brian Collins. How's it going, Brian? What up? Not too bad. Not too bad. You've been a busy bee over the last couple of weeks. The Audible Joe's have gone to Townlands Carnival. There's been regular enough gigging and you're at it again this Saturday at the Poor Relation, I believe. We are indeed. There's a South African band coming over called the Sir Soap Girls. Uh, they're they're going to be something to behold, really. It's going to be an experience more than anything else. You're, you're going to want to go see this one. You're not going to want to miss it. Bye. I've been seeing things right in the comments section, just generally people remarking on how mental it is, etc. It certainly seems like a more experiential thing <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> How does one happen into running that gig in the first place? Um, well, basically, we're uh, we're friendly enough with uh, Pete Jones from Paranoid Visions and stuff. Like oh yeah, yeah, up in uh, up in Dublin, just because we we do a few gigs up there and everything. And basically, they got onto us recently, and uh, basically told us that there was a band that they couldn't put them on the time they were touring Ireland, but they didn't have have uh, like either whatever happened, like they couldn't uh, put the gig up on, on Dublin, but they wanted to tour Cork. Yeah. So I put them on to us and see if we'd try and help them out. Uh, we looked into it and uh, we thought it would be a bit of a challenge as well at the same time. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting when it actually comes down to it. Like booking touring dates is always a bit of a Sisyphean task, anyway. Regardless yeah. of how much room that you give yourself, but we'll talk a little bit about the kind of support network regarding punk rock around the country momentarily. You joined the Audible Joes about a year or so ago, replacing founding member Alex Dynan. I did indeed. I did indeed. Alex moved over to Australia and basically handed over the bass <laughs> it's a tall order to join any band especially with the Audible Joes having been around my earliest recollection of seeing the name Audible Joes on a on a gig poster would have been maybe 2010 2011 um, that would roughly be correct although they've been kind of playing around a little bit before that what was it like kind of walking into bass duties on something that you know had existed for so long that there was already that kind of existing kind of relationship between everybody uh, first it was a bit startling and overwhelming really like the the lads like before before like I was a massive fan of them for, for two years when I, when I when I first got to know Alex and when I first started going to the gigs they quickly became like one of my favourite bands to go see live just because of the amount of energy that they threw out and you can see that in the crowd as well you can see that when when, when, when I used to go down to see them like I'd get caught up on it myself and that's that's something that that shows sign of a, a good hardworking band. So to be actually given over the responsibility of that, it was a bit nerve wracking at the start, like because it is it is there are big shoes to fill as well. Like Dynan was most a lot of the energy when I went went to see him, like just by throwing himself around on stage and just giving it everything he had. And uh, from what I was used to beforehand from playing cover bands, being quite reserved and stuff like that, it was. At first, I thought it'd be difficult enough shoes to fill and whatever, but they're, the lads are really, really good at helping you like kind of settle into the vibe because you pick up on what they throw out as well, and they've got so much of it. Like, so that's a good sign. You wouldn't be the first session musician now that we've spoken to about transitioning out of that kind of mindset of playing to spec and into facilitating and creating original music. We're talking with Dan Walsh there of Fixity momentarily, and he got his come up by working with the blues bands in pubs around the city and he got that fair amount of flexibility just from the demands of sessioning uh, for various genres. How did you handle that transition in terms of going from, you know, something that is so rigid and requires kind of that note for note perfection to a mindset where, you know, you're kind of lashing yourself at that instrument and you, know, you, you don't necessarily have the same level of infrastructural support around you you know you're handling things on your own and so forth I suppose like really the only way I could describe it is that you just have to kind of surrender yourself to a different form of energy really like with, with the lads and in, ter- in terms of songwriting um, it's it's really really interesting to watch just like because they work so well in sync with each other like uh, Mick is our, our main front man the ha- he's, he's also the handsome one of the band each one has a title um, so Mick you're is- working on your branding here boys I bloody know. hell I'm telling you I'm telling you watching watching them actually song- songwriting how they actually work well together uh, like Mick he writes everything and the lads just know kind of what he's, he's doing before he does it if you know what I mean like they've yeah. been working together so long that Mick will say okay right I've got an idea this needs to happen here uh, and like I'll just sit down behind the drum and listen and he listens really really intently and in about three four minutes 
like after a couple of reshufflings it's it's down straight away Ella's got a, a very unique writing style as well and with Ella's stuff you just kind of flow into it and like when I first joined in when I was watching because obviously I learned all the songs before before I came in and just from listening to the album but actually looking at them write stuff and looking at how they, they portrayed everything was a completely new experience and it's something that you just kind of once you once you get into it and once you see it happen you just you just fall into it and you flow with it because everyone's picking up on what each other is putting out it makes it very very comfortable to write songs with the lads like um, which is a good sign of a musician more than anything else that's when it comes to songwriting then on new material um, is it a matter of kind of basis falls in and then kind of makes their voice heard uh, kind of what's your what's your role in the dynamic we all have something to bring to it you see this uh, we've each got our own original style as well and it just so happens we're really lucky in the fact that all of our styles work really well together yeah um, like we all come from a background of listening to the same music and that's kind of what bonds us all as a group really uh, more than anything else is when like like when I first got to know the lads as well like I was I was shocked that they were they were into the same music as I was it's like I, I came from West Cork and I, I got into punk like on my own down there with maybe one or two other people and I come up to Cork and I meet the lads and they listen to the exact same things that I've been listening to which makes it way easier so when, you, when you're listening to the same artists like so you've got Rancid you've got No Effects and you've got like all those all those punk influences from back like when, when you've got a group that is very very much into the same thing it's very very easy to know what needs to come next in a song because it feels natural to you it's a very, very natural progression in that sense. It's interesting that you bring up Rancid, right? Because the one influence more so than anything else that I've seen over the years from the Audible Joes kind of worn on their sleeves is uh, Operation Ivy. Yeah. And obviously, like, <laughs> it's it's out there for all to see with the knowledge cover, which always kind of rares a smile on my part because I would have... I would have been the same. I would have come from a small town and hardcore more so than punk rock would have been... Uh, my cup of tea per se just moving over to the city and that kind of slight cultural adjustment it can be really gratifying in terms of you found your niche a little bit as a player but Audible Joes isn't necessarily your kind of first foray with um, with playing punk rock is it? Uh, me? No I was in I was in a punk rock band well my first my first thing that when I started out anyway it's that's the music that I was into so obviously that's what I would I used to write stuff back in the day and that's what I would naturally fall into. When's so. back in the day for you now because that's a very nebulous back, back in the day? Oh man, well, yeah. so let's say I'm 28 now. So I suppose like I've been playing music since I was properly since I was like 16, 17. Yeah. Uh, so when I was about 16, we, we started a band, like I started a band called Vegas Blade and we were f- terrible. Looking back at it now, but you know, got, we got us to where we were, and it was very like you know, it's, it's it started off kind of punk rock, and I have a, guy, a load of guys inside in the shed. That's like that's how most of the best punk rock bands start, and then you just fall into it, and you fall into kind of a vibe of of, of playing slowly but surely. You get better. A lot of these kind of teeny bands, like it's a lot of lads trying something for the first time. It's a lot of lads just essentially, what's it like to be in a band and so on and so forth. How did you know that it was for you? as opposed to, say, something that somebody else would kind of grow out of, quote-unquote. I suppose when I wrote my first song more than anything else, really. Sense, sense of accomplishment, I think. And, like, that's, that's, that's kind of the addiction of original music. And that's, that's what I love about playing with the lads. And the lads, that's feedback as well. Like, Mick and, Mick and Ella are amazing songwriters. When it comes down to it, like, the lyrical content is, is really... Well, I, I would think, just looking from an outside perspective and looking at the lads, they, they've got it down that way. Like they're like they're both poets in in a, in a certain way, and they've each got very very different styles about going about it. When we talk as well about your influences, obviously the underlying theme is that there's a lot of kind of that '90s Americana to it. Obviously, uh, no offspring joke uh, intended, <laughs> but um, kind of transmuting that influence to modern day Ireland and specifically in Cork, which has always kind of had a reputation for being the awkward second city, and in particular is kind of steeped in a history of post-punk, psychedelia, new wave, etc. Um, it's quite a departure to have people that are kind of into that um, mid-aughts American pop-punk thing. Have you noticed kind of any difference yourself in talking to other people around the scene? What's your take on kind of the diversity of sounds in the community at the minute? Well, I think at, at the moment there's a lot of... There is a lot of different sounds and everything, but there's a very, very similar message being brought across in a lot of things. It's one of the reasons I, ch- I chose the speculative fiction, fiction track uh, at the start, uh, just because even that, um, like, I wouldn't predominantly listen to hip-hop myself. Uh, but the lyrics that he brings out in the first half of that song are absolutely outstanding. There's a very, very good message in that that relates to a lot of things. And I, I think music in general is about, is about the message you kind of bring across. 
and like there's something very very internal about music that can be thrown out into the external when it's put down the page and when it's thrown out that is a beautiful segue to the next two tunes that we're about to play as well <laughs> earlier you served us up with some speculative fiction and some happy alone and we're going to move uh, Stanton's Grave will shut up and eat your freedom from uh, yes. their 2011 split with Slugbait if I remember correctly you're 100% correct and the Jollers um, Bob Scavna and the boys with Hang Him High uh, Bob's an incredible musician uh, what's your take on the two tracks that you've served up for us uh, Stanton's Grave man they're just they're they're just watching them is just amazing for one my first experience was actually with Stanton's Grave was when, when um, the EP launch happened they played Shut Up and Eat Your Freedom and the song itself just the structure of it just blew me away as well uh, well the Jollers just in general man they're, they're amazing but as you say Bob like I, I've only recently got to know Bob properly just from like working with him through gigs and stuff like that and just a genuinely lovely dude we went up we were playing a festival in Carlo there uh, two three days last, well this weekend actually last weekend sorry uh, so we played on the Friday and met Bob up there as well and he's just always been supportive of, of us since since we started out like since before I joined as well like mm. he's been very supportive of that just just even seeing them even seeing them play live is just fantastic as well just, they're f- so happy we'll get a little bit as well into Bob and the Rebel County Drunk Pugs when we come back but right now Stanton's Grave we'll shut up and eat your freedom here on Red on Red <laughs> Shut 
Jollers, Cork City, Oi, with Hang 'em High here on Red on Red. Uh, back in studio with Brian Collins of the Audible Joes, Mandeville Beat Critics, etc. As we mentioned kind of before we went to music, being involved in the creative process with the Audible Joes um, has led to the creation of new material following two full lengths and a couple of singles, etc. The band is about eight or nine years into its run now. Two full lengths under the belt. You're recording shortly in Whitewell Studios uh, with Kevin Power and X Times a Thief Man, Michael Murphy. What's been the preparation process like this time around for an EP specifically and for going into studio together? This will be your first time in studio with the Audible Joes. What's been the process like to kind of acclimate this time around? Well, this is my first experience actually writing something with the lads as well. Because when, when I joined, all the material was pretty much there. Uh, the material that we're going recording over in Whitewell, it's it's brand new, so it's uh, it's it's good. I get to bring 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 a bit of my own spin to it as well, because again, it's it's they're, they're new lines and it's a new song. Uh, so preparation is going really well for it at the moment. We've got a. Uh, We've got one of our new ones that we're, we're putting down. We've, we're playing it live at the moment. Um, we're going to leave it a surprise as to see what it is. But we are playing it live at the moment. And we're hoping to head down. We're heading down there in September. So we got that out, out of the Battle of the Bands. We, we did the Battle of the Bands for... In, for Townlands Carnival. Townlands Carnival, indeed. Heading out to Cloyne to work with Kevin and Murph specifically. The prize was a day's recording. Is it going to be one of these deals where it is kind of quick and dirty? You get a couple of tunes in over the course of the day's recording. Uh, is there a kind of a plan set or what's the crack? Well, the plan that we've, we've got going in so far is just try and get it... Because it's only a day's recording, we need to try and get everything right as quickly as possible. And I think we've been kind of focusing on that as well. Like, we, like the guys definitely learned a lot from recording the previous album in terms of working with a click and how to actually work properly inside in the studio. Uh, they got some really, really good advice, um, which I was, I was there for. I was there for that recording, just on the outsides and whatever with with the rational anthems. Got some really good advice there, and we're taking what was given there and we're bringing it forward to this new session now. So I think we're a bit more comfortable uh, a little bit now with studio work because we've been doing, we've done some live recordings as well down in School of Music recently enough. Um, through just you know, like people were requesting us to come down there. Uh, which we took advantage of the studio time as well. It's great for us, and it's it's good for them as well because they get they get the opportunity to actually practice and stuff like that. And is that project recording now, or is that going to be something that you're going to be able to use uh, further down the line? Oh, something we can use. We've got stuff in the pipeline there as well. So we've 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 got control of those tracks, which we're technically we're we're mixing those ourselves. Um, and we've got we've got a few other people. Our buddy Rich um, is he's a phenomenal engineer, a phenomenal person as well, and. <coughs> He comes from a very good sound engineering background, so he's helping us out with, with that kind of stuff. Following off that then obviously comes the obvious campaign of touring and gigging out and so on and so forth. And you've mentioned to, specifically the support that you've got from the punk rock community, which you always have in fairness oh, yeah. uh, around the country, specifically um, the Rebel County Drunk Punks uh, click out of Cork City. Mm-hmm. have been promoting now for the Bones in nearly 15 years, including the likes of Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards, as well as... You mentioned the lad from Paranoid Visions, uh, Irish punk forebears, more so than anything else. I mean, those dudes have been around with years. They were there for the kind of the birth of punk rock in the country, really. There's very much that kind of support network there for bands that come from an old school punk philosophy, but not necessarily kind of veering on the either hardcore or post-hardcore slash alternative rock thing either. You kind of adopted a sound that was before your time almost and kind of put your your own spin on it number one what's it like kind of dealing with promoters inside of that circle number two what's it like kind of sitting under the learning tree from veteran gig promoters bookers facilitators like Bob Scavna like the Paranoid Visions boys well oh man the information they have is staggering and in fairness to, to all the guys they, they're so supportive of, of everything we do because they come from that as well you know they started off like they started off from nothing as well and they've been around the gig scene for years so with that comes a wealth of information that is only right to be passed on as well like and they're, they're doing it in such a good way and like they'll, they'll be honest with you as well about your music which I, I find it's, it's always good like you know people can turn around and say oh yeah you're good and whatever but when you actually get constructive criticism from people who've actually gone through that and people who've actually been through the experience of just even touring in general or like good gigs or bad gigs it gives you a little bit more drive to move forward yourself because you know you're not really kind of alone in that sense let's that's that's say if you have a bad gig like everyone has a bad gig here and there but if someone talks about their experience of a bad gig it can kind of help you feel a little bit, little bit better about that as well 
So the wealth of information that they have provided us has been been staggering really over. But that circle of promoters, facilitators, DIYers has always been, and I mean, exactly, to this yeah. day it continues to exist. I mean, aside from Dublin, Cork, Galway, etc. There's also mm-hmm. like obviously the Mayo punks, you know, Balinaz, a good scene that's turned out bands like Shit Hot over the last uh, couple of years you've done punk festivals around the place and it's not necessarily something you even hear about even in like specialist music media it seems very much to be you know among the faithful more so than anything else oh yeah what's definitely. been your favourite date that you've done so far with the Audible Jules the Audible Jules I really like playing Townlands that was really fun uh, we played uh, what was it we played Nowhere Else um, as well the Nowhere Else is a, was a festival in Carroll it was a purely punk festival in Carroll that we just got back from played that Friday night and that was that was that was a lot of fun. That's like just bring the DIY thing, man, as well. Like that was that was just community people making a festival for the sake of making a festival for the love of music and for the love of punk rock more than anything else. So there was some really really good bands played down there as well. And like that was that was really fun to see. Uh, Shut up, were playing there as well. They played the day after us. So it's really good to connect with that kind of group of people as well. Because um, you feel a bit more at home as well. Uh, I love playing gigs up in Dublin uh, with the lads. They're great. One the one of my favorite ones is actually the the battle of bands that we even did for Townlands. Uh, the amount of support that we got for that and when people came down to actually give a talks for us in the, in the actual crowd itself it's really heartwarming like, you mentioned the support of the community and obviously that plays a lot into the issue that we have at the minute surrounding venues in that of course you have spaces like the Crane Lane that you play every so often and it does the odd DIY gig then you have spaces like Fred Zeppelin's and the Poor Relation that serve heavy music specifically and then you have spaces like the Roundy and the Vickerstown that handle you know a broader scope of independent music what's your take on venues in town at present especially as things kind of as the dust has settled after about 10 years or so of venue turnover what do you feel that artists in Cork need next from spaces to play in and just places to play craft I suppose, man. Like throughout that, I suppose just more support of more support of your live local scene, really. And people are starting to get back into it. I can I can see it. It's a, it's a slow progression where people are supporting live music. Like you've got good promoters around here as well. Like like Cosmonaut Music. Big shout out to him as well, man. He's doing wonders for for a music scene. Cormac Daly. Cormac Daly. The man's a machine. Oh, he is absolutely, absolutely. But like, man, people like that actually like you need people like that to drive this scene forward as well and it kind of again when you have a community of musicians and you have a community of people who are doing this not just like you know it, every, anyone can go out and get a job and whatever when you're doing something for the love of it that kind of defines you as a person defines where music can go as well because it it's generally like music is something that kind of connects people on different levels and in all sorts of ways man and he's made it work he's made it work that's the other thing he's made it work you're talking about the stuff that he's doing with Happy Alone you talk about the regular kind of schedule of gigs it's there it's there for anybody to get it it's there for anybody to kind of try and provide a foundation for we'll go back to some tunes there you've got uh, the Baylor Boys yeah, with Malevolent yeah all oh, wicked track man wicked track just the amount of work that Baylor have been putting into it and the amount of stuff that they've got done with all the bad luck that's been their way recently. Alex O'Leary's after hurting his hand again there recently oh, after no, really? uh, after um, the weekend's run of gigs with Palm Reader. I saw that actually on Facebook. Damn. Yeah. Have you heard the self-titled? Because obviously this is taken from their EP from 2017. Have you heard this year's self-titled? Self-titled? Uh, yeah, like I listen to them a lot on Spotify more than anything else. Like, so I've I've, I've listened to the new tracks quite a lot. I'm quite, I'm quite a fan of Eleven just from the earlier album and whatever. Yeah. But the new album, like even watching them at Townlands and even like listening to the new stuff that they're bringing out, they're they're evolving their sound a bit, man. Just like listening to listening to it from the first album, like the sound is still there in its raw form and whatever. But you can tell you can tell in subtle ways that like things are changing. They're growing into their sound quite a lot. And you even see that from the energy that they're showing out when they play live. That's the thing, man. Like speaking of Cork hardcore bands that are growing into their own, you've also got Evan and the lads from uh, Worn Out. I do indeed. With with false hope. Yeah, boy. I think like with them, with them as well. Like I think that they're learning a lot from each other as well, and it's really, really good to see that like that hardcore scene kind of evolve and grow as well. Like, because I know like we're a punk rock band and whatever, but we've elements of we've 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 thrown elements of hardcore music into it, and it's a lot of it comes from like the outside influence to influences that we do have um, but it is good to see them up and coming and it is it's good to see that that scene is alive and healthy let's get embroiled in some of that madness so this is Baylor with Malevolent here on Red on Red yes I die, 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 I
With false hope here on Red on Red, still joined in the studio by Brian from the Audible Joes. Brian, you joined the Audible Joes full time about a year or so ago, but as you mentioned, you've been fairly close to the band, which kind of brought you in proximity to the recording of their last full length. Yep, Irrational Anthems, from which most of the gigging and playing that you've done has been pulled. What was it like, kind of being in the proximity of the album being created? and then seeing all the changes that were happening in the band and eventually joining the band. What advantage did being privy to that process have for you joining the band? Uh, it made my process a whole lot easier anyway, and it was it's testament to how far the guys have come. Like, I mean, the, the sound difference between the previous album, Medicine for Modern Living, and Irrational Anthems is drastically different. And it is, it is like, Irrational Anthems is way more polished. It's an album we're quite proud of. Uh, just for, like, for one, it was... It was I suppose it was kind of a learning experience to see how much the lads have grown. When, when that's that's the way I think um, Dine kind of described it to me in, in in the best way I can say it. Just maybe what kind of brought you into that orbit regarding being privy to their creative processes? Because you know, like the lads are always kind of very familiar with their friends, but like kind of like how were you kind of privy? to the internal workings were you hanging around sessions oh yeah 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 like so basically we generally we were a very very close group uh, close knit group of friends anyway so met I, I met Dine through, through work in a day job and through them kind of basically found a band of brothers really where we were hanging out quite a lot and as that even going up what would happen most most Thursdays or whenever the lads would practice if we didn't know else better to do I'd go up to the jam rooms then hang out because we do that's how we write music as well just go up there we hang out and then music happens afterwards Yeah. Uh, so even going in watching that process and watching them like literally go from what happened to the previous album to what they're playing now and just even seeing the style that they practice in like the, the like that's the thing when when I was watching them when they played with that energy on stage and I was like oh wow you know they're going absolutely mental you go into a practice with the lads and it's the same thing <laughs> it's like they're inside, you're inside in a room and it's like you're playing a live gig again like you know there, there are your edits and everything like that but you can you can clearly see the distinguishes in sound on how they've evolved over since between those two albums as well and that recording process I know was very very different they handled things very very differently than the, the previous one like there was no no set time frame on when it was going to be released and they literally decided to sit in everything until everything was polished and ready and everyone was happy with everything being a friend of the band as well as a fan mm-hmm. did this turn for the more polished did it kind of change your perception of the band? Did it change your perception of what you were in store for when you joined them? Obviously, it's past the point where it's just, you know, a bunch of punk rockers hanging around, putting down three chords and making simple song structures to something that was a little bit more involved. It made me see how professional they've got, really, more than anything else. Like, the professionalism, this, like, this is the thing. When you're when you're starting off in a band and when it's it's just like, you said yourself, like, it's gotten beyond the point of a, guy's, a load of guys just playing inside in a room and playing music for the sake of music. Like, when you're doing that for so long, that's all fine, but there has to be a level of progression coming mm. out of that. Otherwise, there's, you know, you're just making noise for the rest of your life. So the amount of support that's happened and, like, the amount of professionalism that has been gained through all of those experiences have, has been paramount to, to where we are now, I think. Like, it is a case of... it. We, what we do is a lot of fun, and it is, and we love doing it for the fun, but it's 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 gone a bit beyond just doing it for the fun. Fun is now part of it. 
but you have to have a certain level of professionalism in order to get anywhere and any go- like any goal that you need to strive towards you need to have a certain element of professionalism and doing all these venues and getting booked for these festivals it does show you the, the inner workings of things because anyone can play in a band like but you do need to support outside of just practicing and doing the gigs you have to do a lot of work with promotion you have to like particularly if you're doing stuff DIY you have to promote your own gigs you have to you have to find venues you have to find the bands that'll play the venues with you you have to make sure posters are printed just everything involved with the promotion site and then in terms of making connections you have to make the connections and what's been your role in terms of the extracurricular activities being in a band was it kind of 25% across the board is there a kind of somebody that's kind of more weighted toward uh, you know putting in the putting in the donkey work oh yeah yeah we've all got our roles uh, in certain ways others are masseuse uh, more than anything else uh, uh, but we've got a band masseuse that's a handy job band, band masseuse it works it works pretty well Balzer chef then that's fine uh, myself and Mick uh, Mick mainly Mick is Mick's just got a great head for it, man. He's uh, as well as everything. Like this is what Mick's been born to do. Uh, just looking at it from perspective, and I'm literally praising his ego. He's going to be terrible to go home to later. So yeah, so Mick is like well, well driven to do all all the songs. It's, it's what he was pretty much born to do anyway. Uh, but my role then as well, like in terms of promotion, I I'm like. True, social media is very, very prominent these days, so we kind of take that in turns as best we can. Uh, a lot of There's a lot of emails that need to be sent out, a lot. I didn't realise how much until I actually got into it, um, how much there was, uh, which is all a good thing. It's a big learning for me, and it shows that it can actually be done. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you're kind of living what the idea you had built up inside in your head as a kid was. You're living it now, and that's, that's what I feel about it anyway, you know. Another part of that transition into the band for you was being part of the Audible Joe's first non-Irish tour recently. Back in March, you undertook a sojourn to the UK as well as some extra Irish dates, I believe, which was your first tour as a musician ever. Also, yeah, buddy, uh, it was. Uh, it was that was an experience, man. That's that's one of the best things we've ever done, and it, it, it we learned a lot from it as well, man. We learned we learned so much from that. Uh, like Belfast, for one, is phenomenal. We had we had, we had a gig in Belfast on on the Friday of the tour, I think. And that you asked me earlier on, like which was one of the most prominent gigs we've ever played. That 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 scene is amazing. Was there. that with the United Bottles boys? It was indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's a great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads. If I could have chosen a song from them, they're not from Cork, but definitely more people should listen to United Bottles. Really, really good sound to them, and and with the history behind them too. Oh yeah. Oh exactly, man. Exactly. And they they pay tribute to that as well. And it's that's that's really really nice to see. But yeah, but the the scene's madness. Like it's a it's a place we played up in this place called Warzone Collective, which is basically a community wrong a community wrong organization inside there, which is unfortunately under threat from gentrification. Uh, they've been they've been told to move on. They have indeed. So I think uh, they're in the process. Of, I'm gutted gutted about that. But uh, they're in the process of looking for new stuff at the moment. And hopefully it pans out soon because they're doing wonders for the punk scene up there. And man, there's a very healthy rebellion up there. A very, very healthy one. So we played uh, in Scotland in a place called the Banshee. That was that was wicked. Met some really, really nice people over there as well. Uh, they were really accommodating, which was really, really good. We stayed over with a guy called Morris there. And uh, it just gave us an insight into what it's like to play abroad. Like, you know, we traveled, we traveled, we drove over there as well. Like, this is something we did on our own. Uh, so we just hopped into we bought a car with us and we bought a van with us as well uh, did you do backline Tetris backline Tetris so do, much backline Tetris man so much but uh, thankfully we're all very good and well established at it yeah. so <laughs> kind of had that the, the backline Tetris effect yeah that kind of helps so I was carrying people in my car so I had Ballinella in the back driving me mental which was great yeah um, and then we had uh, we had Connor actually follow us over to the gigs in Scotland uh, which he just kind of basically showed up at the gig we also had uh, uh, our buddy Chris a uh, big shout out to him as well he drove us over Mick and, Mick and Chris he brought basically all our gear yeah. um, but yeah Connor came over on Saturday so that was nice to have a Cork person come over to actually see us abroad so that's another experience that someone you know from back home actually made the effort to come over to see you live yeah. that was Scotland and then we went down to Camden on the Wednesday and uh, a bunch of guys from home just ended up showing up at, uh, just out of nowhere like they didn't even tell us being your first tour, etc., um, I'm sure you were delighted to make accommodations with the uh, hotel buddies' couch. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what was it like Which? for you? 
the, your, the couch. Your, your, <laughs> no, well, all of it, really. I mean, like your introduction to the vagaries of suitcase living. Um, well, that's all part of it, man. Really, these are all going to be stories you can take with you when you're looking back on things, man. And it's like, I mean, look, we the, we slept in a car on Friday. Four of us slept in uh, slept in a car when we went up to Car Carlo. Like, I mean, you know, it was uncomfortable. It was terrible, but you can still. You can still turn around and you can stay like that as a story when you're when you're older and you can still look back and laugh at it. And you know what? The experience is still fun. You can say you did that. And like in fairness, when you do go over and tour and when you do go to these places, you find that people are so accommodating as well. Like Morris looked after us in Scotland so well. We did stay in a hostel alright when we were in Camden and that was really really cool and just even having 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 our friends come over to support us and surprise us out of nowhere we were just sitting down inside in Camden Markets and about four people just come out of nowhere and that we were completely unexpecting and or not expecting should I say yeah. and uh, that was that was great but yeah the introduction to that sort of living it's good it's it's it makes you hungry to do it again, really, man, to be honest. Because it's taking you out of your comfort zone. Like, your comfort, our comfort zone is Cork. We love playing Cork. We adore Cork. Uh, it's nice to travel up to Dublin and everything like that. But when you're actually going out of the... When you're actually taking that abroad and taking it out of the country, you learn so much more as well and you experience so much more and it just becomes part of your life. And if we could... If, honestly, man, if I could do it every day, I would. Speaking of the hunger, we're going to go back to two young Cork metal bands. Uh, you've got God Alone, who are regular... Um, selections for the show with Intivum from their EP of the same name. Yeah, buddy, they're they're oh man, their their stuff is they're so young. <laughs> they're, they should not be that good. They're amazing for their age, but I'm they so they do glad make you they're... wonder what you were doing with your life when you were there. Oh you know? man, yeah, no, I was I was I was a terrible screw up if that was the case when I was younger. Like I think um, most of us were, to be quite honest. Yeah, <laughs> by these... comparison, but you got Arceus <laughs> with uh, Elysian. Yeah, oh the boys, oh the boys are great. They, the boys support us a lot, man. And it's really really good to see them kind of doing everything that they're doing as well. Like uh, it is, it it's good to see the the hunger that they have on on their end as well. Like they're really like I actually know um, I know Luke from back home. He's also a skipper man like myself like so uh, I've seen him I've watched him grow and progress man and it's actually just really good to see where he's at now as well cool. um, which is, is very very handy um, so the boys are class and we, we love them to bits man really to be honest uh, we kind of hang out with them in the jam rooms there they do come into us quite a lot and we do sit down and have the chats inside playing pool it's good to see that community reinforcement that's what you want oh yeah man exactly well that's what you do it for really man as well we'll get straight into it so this is God Alone with Intifum here on Red on Red
with Elysium here on Red on Red before we wrap up this episode Brian you're playing on Saturday night in the Poor Relation in support for Soap Girls we kind of mentioned it at the top of the show that it would be something else but for those that aren't necessarily familiar with your own music what can people expect from an Audible Joe show in 2018? Chaos madness <laughs> um, and as much energy as possible like that's 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 what we'd, we'd kind of go for uh, and there's we would hope that people bounce around with us really uh, as well on top of it like it's a case of once you once you get into it and once you kind of once we get into it on stage and we see people getting into it with us you just surrender to that form of energy and you go forward so expect expect madness and chaos you're going to be bouncing around the country as well you got a couple of dates uh, lined up before you kind of hit the studio properly we do indeed we've got uh, we're going focusing on recording for September for the most for the first half of it but we're going up to Dublin as well on the 22nd in a place called Drop Dead Twice actually it's our first time playing that oh, new venue oh the tap room the lad that Luke Gleeson is running uh, I think so um, all I know is the venue name really so the ins, the ins and outs of it uh, it's mixed mainly been in contact with the people but uh, yeah we're playing there there's the booker there's the booker. <laughs> uh, I suppose we've got we've got as well in October. We're going back to Scotland. We're currently looking at uh, they want they they liked us over in Scotland so much they asked us back. So that's that's a good sign. We're going to try and if we can plan a plan a little mini tour around that. Uh, if we get there, we just need to to confirm some things first. But uh, at the moment, Scotland is confirmed, and we're looking forward to going back as well. It's a weekend date as well, so we're looking forward to that. Gigs coming up in Freds. Uh, we've got a gig in Halloween in Freds as well. And obviously, the main gig that we're we're plugging at the moment is the Soap Girls, which is going to be Saturday. That's all from this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much to Brian for coming into us this evening. Thanks very much for having me. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes, as well as now Google Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Share this on your social media and be sure to check out the artist featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Uh, Brian, you're leaving us with some of your own tunage. You've got the Audible Joes. We with, do indeed. With Majority Rule, taken from that last album of theirs. That is indeed. It's actually my personal favourite track on the album, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, there's going to be more of that Saturday night, so if you want some more, if you do like it, come down, go mad with us, come hang. Get a near full of it. This is the Audible Joes with Majority Rule. This has been Red on Red, and we'll talk to you next week.